I'm here with Matt Richards, the moderator of the Greatest Match Ever project, the genesis of the Great Match Generator here. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. I hope I hope you've been enjoying the podcast so far as we're randomly looking back on some of the greatest matches ever. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's been great. I haven't been able I haven't had nearly enough time to listen to them, but now that the the ballots are are all calculated and the results are out, uh hopefully my schedule will clear up a little bit more and I can uh I can backtrack where I where I've missed things. But yeah, definitely been really good. Yes. Um and I have you here today to talk about the top 25 at least and to to at least talk about the um the ballot itself and how how people can get involved. So how what's the genesis of the project? Um, yeah, so the the genesis of the project, and, and we talked a little bit about this last time. Um, you know, kind of a spinoff of the uh, greatest wrestler ever project over at Pro Wrestling only a few years ago, and um, you know, a few of us just wanted to do something a little bit different and have a, a project really focused on matches. So. You know, a few iterations happened. Uh, I won't bore you all with the the behind the scenes details of of all the different ideas that people had and and how we went through them. But ultimately, we decided to do a a, a pretty simple greatest match ever. And through that first year, we really came to the decision that it would be best to do one every year. Um, I think it takes a lot of the pressure off people's ballots and gives people kind of incentive to to get involved, even if they weren't able to commit as much time as they wanted to, to the project. Um, so we're, you know, we're over at, it's actually gweprojects.freeforums.net, um, kind of a convoluted uh, little, um, uh, little address there. And it's GWE projects, not GME, uh, just the way it was originally set up uh, by the original moderator. And we haven't uh, we haven't really had the motivation to to revamp this entire kind of massive <laughs> forum uh, to fix that yet. I think people have been able to find it pretty easily because a lot of people kind of shuffle over from um, the PWO boards because we kind of we have still a lot of people with presence over there. Right, right. And the Greatest Wrestler Ever project caused a lot of you know dissension, but this sort of takes the pressure off of it which is something i like because it's not every 10 years it's every year that we're looking yeah and, and like we're not putting as much pressure on who's number one who, who what what you know yeah this i better think, be i think that the thing with that part and i didn't participate in the greatest wrestler ever project i got involved with that forum um about a, about a year before the ballot was due. And again, I didn't feel like I had, I didn't feel like I'd put enough work to, to do that, um, to, to put forth a ballot. Um, but I, I think it was just the, the pressure. I think it was the investment that people had that, you know, they really sort of had an investment in this project producing something. And when it didn't produce exactly what they thought, maybe there was, there's just a little friction, I think over there with, with some people. And I haven't, I don't know that that's necessarily the case anymore. I think it's a it's a really great board, and I think there's a lot of re- really great conversations over there. But in the aftermath, that was one of the things that sparked this project was doing something kind of similar, but producing something where where there wasn't kind of that potential for friction between members. Yeah, and that's what I like. It's just like 
it's just like I can parachute in at any time, and and I have parachuted in a few times. I haven't voted, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but I I've, I've commented on match threads and stuff like that, and it really has. It's really easier to just look at a match rather than look at a whole wrestler's body of work. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's even though there are so many matches to think about. I mean, we we presently have over a thousand matches fully nominated and over 500 in the nomination process. And, you know, I'm sure we're in some way scratching the surface of what could be potentially discussed. It's one match. It's at most probably an hour, hour and a half of your time. If it's a really long one, a, a whole body of work is, is a whole different, uh, it's a whole different ball game. It's, it's quite daunting. And, and that's another reason it, I prefer this kind of thing right now, just for my watching habits. Yeah, because because I I just like to throw on a match here and there and just do it all. Not to say looking at a whole wrestler's body of work is isn't interesting. It's just it's just easier to do that when when you're just focusing on the matches. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to be able to dive into Terry Funk's entire career, uh, but you know. I, I did I cherry pick a lot because it's just the way I'm able to watch. I don't have enough time to be perfectly honest. Uh, and I love watching great matches. I, I love, I'm oriented towards wrestling in a match kind of way. And, and I think this project has been really great to open my eyes to lots of new wrestling without feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. Let's talk about people, people having different views on mat, like match structure and stuff like mm-hmm. that. What were, did you have a criteria going into your ballot or, or anything uh, like that? Yeah, not really. I don't, you know, I think that's one of the things that I like doing is trying to trying to figure out how to not necessarily quantify, but maybe to put into words this thing that's very difficult to put into words. What makes a great match? Um, you know, what what bring like there's so many different things on my ballot for example you've got lucha and shoot style and joshi and um you know modern wrestling modern indie wrestling and what how do you compare the two or how do you compare any of those it's really difficult uh so i try to do that but i i I inevitably fail and so i do have like some terms that i throw around um you know some drama and storytelling and urgency and things that i find consistently through my list uh, but really what happened is I, I started about, geez, probably six years ago now doing kind of my own little star rating sheet like so many people do. And, and really just for me to help me remember what I liked about matches because I'm not great at remembering the little details of things after a couple years after not seeing it. And it just kind of was nice to be able to compare. And then that came in really handy because I could go back and look at the matches I'd given five stars to and four and three, four stars to and start from there and then kind of build my list around that. And it's an imperfect science for sure. But, uh, you know, there are things that I think maybe we'll get into a little bit when we start talking about the top 25, because there's quite a few of those matches that wound up on my ballot, obviously that there's some criteria that tend to show up on my list a lot, but it's really looking at, looking at matches and figuring out which one's the best. It's tough. Yeah, it is tough. And, and we, and we here at great match generator have scratched the, the inkiest of surfaces here. Yeah. (laughs) 
it, it's uh, it's not overwhelming because I'm doing it biweekly and I'm I'm doing it, you know, because because I I love great matches. Right. And and I think I think part of the reason why I asked the two co-hosts I wrote to but to host the show is because they they view wrestling differently than I do. Yeah. Because obviously, because Greg views wrestling like the pomp, the circumstance, the mm-hmm. and Beast Mike views wrestling in a similar way that I do with like the match, and I think it's a really good dichotomy. Yeah, I like I like that kind of bouncing these different styles off of each other and and looking at wrestling in different ways. I think that's you know a strength of y'all's conversations. Um, and, and again, it's also a, a real strength of the board, right? You know, you, you look at what Elliot likes versus what I like versus what Boss Rock likes, you know, you know, various people, micro statistics, various people who are regulars on the board, we all have pretty different tastes, but we also all know each other's tastes so we can make recommendations to each other, um, and, and have some admittedly short but pretty rich discussions about wrestling and matches and wrestlers throughout the board's history. Yeah, and it, it's really interesting to see, looking back on those discussions, just how how, how people view wrestling. And and, and I, I'm going to start bringing in some of those people's thoughts into it because it it's part of the project. Yeah. It's to bring those people's thoughts and Plus the dichotomy of the the three people that 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 are part of the hosting. Sure. You know, you want to get as many opinions as possible. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, the more the more voices, the merrier, as far as I'm concerned, in in sorting through this. I think, you know, we'll we'll see once we get to the top twenty five. We've, you know, there's there's a handful of matches that I think continuously do well but i think i said when we were doing the reveals man you you could have 16 other ballots from a completely different fan set and the mat and the hundred would look way different um yeah it would be would be a completely different set of mat there i'm sure there are people who would look at our top 100 and and be totally confused as to why this these are the 100 matches that got selected but these are the you know these are the 100 matches selected by 16 different fans who are pretty diverse and not not really homogenous group to be honest right right and my goal is to eventually vote in this thing but yeah but i don't feel comfortable because i i haven't logged enough star ratings but but i could think of 100 all off the top of my head if i really tried right right yeah it's you know it's all it's all about individuals comfort right you know if you've you feel comfortable submitting a list you know we've we've opened it up to anybody and everybody there's not really a criteria it's a sort of honor system right you know we we expect people to do some due diligence but you know i don't expect anybody to watch a certain number of hours of wrestling or to or to agree with anybody on the board uh to be perfectly honest right let's get into this top 25 here yeah number 25 mitsuharu Misawa and kenta kobashi versus Toshiaki Kawada and Akira Tawe, this combination will see a lot. <laughs> um, Real World Tag League, 12 3 this iteration of the match. 
Um, yeah, it's a really good match. I, uh, I haven't watched this one in some time. This one did not make my list, but I think it's, I mean, it's obviously a, a commonly accepted as great match. Um, made eight ballots, so half of the ballots uh, included this match, and, and it got a top, at least one top ten vote. So it's a it's a banger of a tag team match, and it's got a lot of drama. And I think it's a top selling performance from Kawada. No surprise there. He's a he's a great seller. Um, and yes. I think he he's he's in some ways the kind of star of this one. But these four just have such great chemistry. It's, it's no secret, you know. It's '90s All Japan is. It's not a hidden gem. Everybody, most everybody knows about it by this point. They're, they're fantastic together. Yes, and and I think I think when we get to a future match on this list, we we know what the peak is. Sure. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to it when we get to it. Number twenty-four, Bret Hart versus Owen Hart, the WrestleMania match. Uh, yeah. So uh, another one I didn't vote for. Uh, I had a, a conversation on the board recently, uh, I guess it was in the last year, um, somebody really just surprised that I didn't have this in my kind of top five WWE matches, WWF matches. Uh, I love it. It's a technically proficient masterpiece. It's a match between two brothers who are proving that they're legitimately two of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, you know, I've, it's not a, it's not at all a bad match. It would probably be my top 150, 200 uh, it's it's just not a match that I, I really have considered for my top 100 uh, yet. Maybe I should. Maybe I should rewatch it because it has been a while. Um, what, what do you make of this match? I feel like I'm low on this um, match, generally speaking. I haven't watched it in a while, but I've I've connected with the story whenever I I've watched it, and, yeah. and it's something where it's like two brothers trying to best each other. It's something you can relate to. Because we all have brothers, we all have sisters, you know? It's mm. just people trying to... And it happens to be two of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah, I think that's the that's the real strength of it, is this very relatable story that's not told in wrestling a ton. You know, it's not a, right. it's not like we see the brothers against one another in wrestling all the time. So I think that's a real strength of it. I, I think I just like a little bit more, like, hate and toothiness in my wrestling. Uh, I, that's like a a thing that that gets me invested a little bit more. And that might be, even though that that's there, it's, it's kind of under this, uh, this veil of pretty proficient wrestling. Uh, and, and, you know, again, maybe I'm not doing it justice because it has been a little bit, but I've always felt like I'm low on this match. Uh, maybe I should make sure I watch it before next year's project, but uh, it's definitely a, a classic. And I definitely prefer to the cage match myself. Yeah, I I prefer it to the cage match because I think the cage match could have been more filled with vitriol and hate, mm-hmm. and they wrestled it sort of similar to the WrestleMania match in 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 the fact that they were trying to do some pretty wrestling, mm-hmm. but inside a cage. Yeah, yeah, it's again another match I haven't seen for a while. I just I just really don't like escape cage matches in general. Uh, I, no. I've never really understood that rule myself. Again, something a lot of other people really like, and uh, I don't remember where the cage match landed. I, I'm sure it got some votes uh, in the in the others receiving votes list, but but this is a great match. It's a well, it's a deserved top 100 match. Uh, just 24 is a little rich for my blood personally, but that's again 
beauty of the project. Made nine ballots. That's over half. That's pretty good. Yeah. This match made over eight ballots. Made eight ballots, half the ballots, but it had a high vote of third. Um, had 590 points, only seven points ahead of the Brett Owen match. Um, Nick Bockwinkle versus Kurt Henning. Should we explain the points, though? Is it 100 to 1? Yeah, it's it's a pretty basic system. So the number one vote gets 100, number two gets 99 points, number three gets 98 points, and so on, all the way down to where your number 100 vote gets one point. Um, so pretty straightforward, no curve, and it's just calculated from there. Yeah, yeah. So Nick Bockwinkle versus Kurt Henning. I have never seen this match. Oh, really? I, 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 I just AWA is a blind spot. Sure. Uh, beautiful match to me. This is a pure classic in every sense of the word. Uh, probably the best sixty-minute match ever, in my opinion. Uh, just a. Just a, a, a real joy to watch. It's Nick Bockwinkle's masterpiece. I think Kurt Henning is great in it. But to me, Bockwinkle is the kind of maestro in this, and he's he's leading the way. It's it's just fantastic. It's a, it's a match you kind of have to set aside some time and be in the right headspace for. You know, it is a, it is a Broadway match in the mid-'80s, so, you know, you're not getting – you're not getting the the complete. You're not getting all the flash that you might expect from a modern long match, but it's really really good storytelling, and the finish is is absolutely fantastic. So I, I can't recommend this match highly enough. I think it's to me a total lock for the the top 100. I think I had this somewhere in the teens. Um, I'd have to to look again, but. Um, yeah, great, fantastic wrestling. I had about 15, I believe. Wow. So that's a high recommendation. Um, I, I'll definitely check it out. Hopefully, hopefully it's somewhere. Um, yeah, I think 22, it's 22, Aja Kong and Bona versus Shinobu Kandori and Akira Okoto. This is for the next three, Matt. Next two, actually. I haven't seen. Oh, Okay. I have a uh, lot of blind spots in my wrestling. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm totally, uh, totally understandable. Uh, there's entirely too much wrestling to watch, to be perfectly honest. Uh, this is, to me, the highest degree of difficulty match that I've ever seen. It's There are so many woven-together narratives in this tag match. Uh, you have Hokuto chasing Bull. You have Kandori and Hokuto sort of these rivals um, that are, are you know, coming off of this, this, this incredible series of matches. You have Kandori and uh, Bull who have kind of a, their own little rivalry and, and their own kind of um, heat between them. And, and then you have Kong and Kandori who've never met in singles competition and never, who never had a singles one-on-one match, which I think is really interesting to see them lock up here uh, and get a little taste of what that might've looked like. Cause Personally, to me, Kandori is one of the best wrestlers ever. She's one of the most underrated wrestlers ever. Um, I would say most people would rank all three of the other women ahead of her. I, I would not. I think she's I think she's a top 10 to maybe even top five wrestler uh, and a top three big match wrestler. Uh, so I, I have a ton of time for Kandori. And I have a ton of time for everybody in this match. This is, it's, 
it's very complex narrative woven together, but it's also just four women going in and beating the hell out of one another. And I think you can enjoy it whether or not you know about those other storylines. Uh, it, right. it, it, you, it, you can enjoy it in a vacuum and you can perhaps even enjoy it a little bit more if you have a little bit of that background. And the, that background is provided on the, the board. We have somebody who's translated some of the uh, promos uh, from the, from around this time period as well. So that's really helpful. And this match got a number one vote. You know, this is a, this is a, a really top tier match. If you are into Joshi and if you are, if you are sort of into these wrestlers, this is, this is a big time match and this in finished seven for me. So again, really cannot recommend this one enough, but set aside some time to, to sit and focus for about 30, 40 minutes. Right. Right, and I, I love sitting and focusing on, like, the interwoven stories. It, mm-hmm. it, I think wrestling can tell these interwoven stories very well, and and and, and it, 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 it's a testament to the art of pro wrestling. Absolutely. 21, Volkan versus Kiyoshi Tamora. The only rings I've seen is the Vader stuff mm-hmm. with Tamora. Okay, so the Vader Tamora match, and have you seen the Vader Takata matches? Yeah, I've seen the Vader Takata matches. Um, mm-hmm. I I think ranked is, from what I've seen is freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's the kind of shoot style I like. I I love shoot style rings and UWFI, um, um, even some other promotions. Just I, I love shoot wrestling. I think it's it's right up my alley. Violence, urgency. Um, that kind of organic build that feels real and makes you think, makes you forget you're watching pro wrestling. Uh, I, I really, really like that. Right, but uh, this match is like one of the highest tiers in shoot style wrestling history, right? Oh yeah, this is the second of their three matches. It's, you know, obviously as you know, if we're if we're taking this as any sort of indication about the, the kind of general feel on matches. This is generally regarded as the best of the three. Uh, the three matches kind of tell the story of Tamura facing the, the maestro Han and working to, over time, overcome him. And, you know, this kind of strikes a balance that I think speaks to a lot of people. I, I still prefer their first one. I, I like, I think, again, to has a little bit, uh, has rougher edges to it uh, for me that I, I really just enjoy. But this is this is one I voted for. This is still a five-star match to me. This is some of the slickest shoot wrestling you will ever see. It the ability Their ability to transition and to grapple and to make it look real and dangerous without hurting one another is jaw-dropping impressive. And uh, Volkan is a guy that, you know, if people haven't if people haven't seen him, um, go watch him. He he is just so slick, and Tamora is a, a freak athlete. They're they're really great together. They they have some of the best chemistry in all of wrestling history. Yeah, I I've heard about Volkan and and people say he's like, he's like one of the greatest ever. That but he's only had like sixty matches, something like that. Yeah, it's neither one of these guys have had a ton of matches. They they both had relatively 
limited careers because they were involved in other things. They were involved in actual fighting. They were involved in a variety of things. So I, I don't know the exact number, but it is a absurdly low number of matches to have multiple matches on top 100 lists. Uh, they're prodigies, both of them. Uh, it's, it's really impressive. Speaking of prodigies, two prodigies of pro wrestling, number 20 with 624 points. I think this match would be on my ballot if if I voted. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty high up. Um, Ric Flair, Terry Funk, I quit. I mean the Great American Bash. My bad. Yeah, yeah, this is the, the bash. bash match. The the bash match is awesome. I I think both I think both matches would make my top 100. Uh-huh. If I really thought about it, but this is the better match. Yeah, so you prefer this one as well. Yeah, I prefer this one to the I quit. Yeah, I do too. This is, you know, it's it's everything you'd want two of the greatest wrestlers ever to produce. It's kind of chaotic and violent, and uh, it's got it's Terry Funk sort of at his very best, pulling out a different side of flair than we'd just seen in the steamboat feud and just just high level wrestling in every way it's there's a reason it's canonical there's a reason it's top 20 um it's it's wonderful wrestling i mean i I have it it made my list a little bit lower but you know this is a match that if somebody had it number one i wouldn't bat an eye it's it's absolutely fantastic and one of the best post matches ever just pure chaos afterwards really 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 fun wrestling Number 19, Kazuyori Shibata, Kazuchika Okada, New Japan Pro Wrestling 4-9-2017, finished 57th last year, 640 points, 8 ballots, Hybrid was 6th. Yes. This is one of the greatest matches of all time, in my opinion. Um, yeah, huge jump up for this. Um so I think the kind of thing with this match is talking to some of the other people who've submitted ballots. There's there's been like a little bit of a hesitancy to vote for really new matches because I think a lot of us like to see how a match ages. How does a match feel after five years versus fresh in your brain? Um, and this match, certainly after it was fresh in, you know, in 2017, everybody was buzzing about it. It was you know, everybody's consensus five-star match of the year. And that sort of hanging over you, Shibata's injury and then retirement hanging over the match didn't seem to really, it seemed to actually add to the legend of it and the mythos in the the immediate aftermath. I, I can imagine this match only moving up, to be perfectly honest. It's only been you know, about three years, and I think people are already sort of feeling really comfortable with this match being part of their top 100 and, and moving up. It moved up for me. Uh, it moved into the sort of middle of my ballot, and I can see it. I can see it going up again. You know, just kind of depending on how I how I feel and if I get a chance to watch it again compared to some other matches that are kind of in its neck of the woods. I can see this match moving up a little bit too. It's it's just. It's great for wrestling. It's an all-time performance from Shibata. It's Okada's entire career as champion to this point informs what he's able to bring and how he's able to bring out the best in Shibata. So uh, I think it's it's high, high-level stuff. It's it's the best of New Japan, the modern New Japan product, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I I really agree with that sentiment. Um, I I view Okada as uh, already as one of and and this may be because I'm young and I I'm dumb, <laughs> but 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 I already view Okada as one of the all time greats because I I see the consistency. Yeah, and I see the uh, fact that the fact that he he can wrestle so many different people and get so much out of so many different people. Yeah, he's he's a sort of unfairly maligned in some circles, I think, and people get exhausted by the modern New Japan product because it's just so many great matches. At a certain point it's at a certain point I think people feel like, okay, you've proven you can you can produce a great match. Now so what? Like make me care about it. I think if you really give Okada a chance and watch him in something like the G1 and watch how he does different things with different opponents to build in these kind of layered narratives that they're going for, uh, you get a little bit more appreciation for him. I watched the entire G1 last year. I don't know if I'll ever do that again. It was exhausting. But, uh, you know, I cherry pick and I try to I try to watch as much as I can this year. And he's, he's great. He's a great professional wrestler and he's getting better with age and he's still really young. I, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's absurd at all to think of him as one of the best ever. He's only going to add to that legacy. Uh, and this is, while I said this is an all time performance from Shibata, I do think he's the, he's the kind of star of the show. It's Okada brings a lot to this match and yeah. his, his contribution should not be forgotten at all. Yeah, and Shibata in this match is so phenomenal. I'm like, you're you're just in awe watching this, and and it's something where you're you're just in awe that that he had to go. Out. If, if any if anything, he he should go out on this sort of a high. Yeah, I mean it's you know it's it's tragic, right? It's it's obviously sad and tragic that his career ended in this match, and um, you know. It's wrestling, so never say never, I guess. But at the same time, man, it's it's nobody's gonna forget it. Nobody's gonna forget the way he went out and and how just how how quality this match was and how it blended really their two styles so perfectly. It's really it really almost felt like a hybrid of Okada Okada's pro wrestling versus Shibata's super extra strong style wrestling you know i don't know really know how to how to necessarily phrase that but again perfect blend it's it's really really quality stuff and again i can see this i can see this finishing higher in the future um yeah 18 mitsuharu masawa versus akira tawe champion carnival final from 95 yeah i was kind of surprised this one jumped into the top 25 it finished 31 in 2019 which felt that felt like a pretty good finish for it, to be honest. But uh, you know, it keeps going up. Uh, I also rated this one. Uh, I'm not. I can't remember exactly where I had this. Somewhere in the sort of middle to back half of the list. It's great. It's it's Tawe's rise. Performance. Yeah, it's his performance. He his his um his journey through the carnival that year you know, was, was really highly touted and sort of reaching, you know, in video game terms, the final boss, uh, at the end here in Misawa and having just a really high drama, almost 
palpable kind of um, intensity match was, I think, in a lot of ways, Tawe's, you know, maybe maybe greatest achievement, at least his greatest singles achievement. Uh, but I also think Misawa, again, you know, much like the last match, Misawa deserves a lot of credit here. He he brings a lot to the table in being that ace that somebody like Tawe can have this single star making performance. Um, and, you know, obviously Tawe had a has a very rich career before this. So that might be oversimplifying things a little bit. But this is the singles match that stands out for him, for sure. Yeah. And. And one of the uh, big things about all Japan, the happy accidents with the uh, orbital bone injury. Um, yeah, those those kinds of things. You almost feel bad about liking what they bring to the match, but you know it's wrestling. I think there's a, a kind of cathartic bloodthirstiness to it that when when those little accidents happen, when when things like that happen, and people get through it, and then you know they're okay on the other side of it uh it's you can you can start to feel a little bit better about liking it i guess in in this particular case it's kind of the same thing with the uh morishima danielson match in ring of honor or uh, the shibata okada match like the last yeah yeah the shibata okada one still like bothers me a little bit because you know again shibata's career is over um it's it's you know that's a that's a podcast for another time to get into sort of how we how we deal with those things but um, but yeah, those when it when it gets real and it brings something to the match, it's really hard to not to not let that match elevate in your mind. Yeah. Now to something totally different. I'm moving up ten spots. Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero, Mass versus title, Cruiserweight title, WCW 1997, Halloween Havoc. Yeah, total classic. What what can yeah. you say about it? Like <laughs> beautiful match. The bring something to the WCW um landscape that I think even though there was a cruiserweight division there, this this elevated everything. Um to something that no two other wrestlers I think could do, could pull off is this level of violence and art and drama and storytelling these these two were these two again i think some of these great matches are all about chemistry and these two had great great chemistry and um you know i i'm happy to see eddie in a top 25 match particularly is one of my absolute favorites and uh he had a he had a different match that landed in my top 10 that you know, I, I just like to see I like to see great wrestlers get their due and these kinds of things. It's it's nice to see. Yeah, it, it's something where Eddie was really good at what he did. Um, number sixteen, um, Stan Hansen versus Andre the Giant, the New Japan match. This match is freaking awesome. Oh. <laughs> again, again, just two big. Badasses just going at it. Yeah, so like all the cliches have been thrown out. You know, the best Hoss fight, the best Godzilla versus King Kong match. Uh, I always joke it's like watching Stan Hansen pretend to be Ricky Morton in this match because you know he's the little guy. He's and if you if you're somebody who's watched a lot of like old WWF WWE and you're you know, you see Andre is this big, lumbering, limited wrestler. Go watch this and go watch Andre from this era. 
He's phenomenal. He's, you know, he's a big dude, but he's mobile. And these two just run into each other and beat the hell out of each other in the best way possible. Uh, it's it's chaos, right? I really like when masters feel like there's a like a real sense of unhinged chaos in them. And this match is that from essentially start to finish. Even when they're doing some mat work, this match feels like it's off the rails from the beginning. Um, Kiyoshi Tamura versus Tsuyoshi Koshaka. Koshaka? Is that mm-hmm. Koshaka? Koshaka. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I was afraid to say that wrong. <laughs> um, 707 points, 10 ballots, 2019 finished 17th. Yeah, so this one crept up a little bit. This is my highest rated shoot match. Uh, just, you know, this is to me the highest form of storytelling in a, in, a, in a shoot wrestling match. It's really, really complex. There's um, almost, I don't think there's any rope breaks in the first half of this match. And then the urgency with which they are scrambling for the ropes really drives home how dangerous the the holds are and how and how much peril and pain they're in. I think it's just physical storytelling at its absolute best. Um, I was high vote on this one at, at six, and this one kind of floats around my the back half of my top ten a little bit. I, I made some last minute changes, so. This is probably one that's not dropping out of the top 10 for me anytime soon. It could move up a few. It could move down a few. But this is a this is top-notch pro wrestling in every sense of the word, in my opinion. Yes. Um, I got to check out this match. Um, well, once the generator says we can see <laughs> that, we'll see it. Yeah, um, it's, number, yeah it's good. Yeah, well, I was going to say that the good thing about kind of shoot matches is they're not they're not long. Like even if they go long, they're not you don't get these like hour long matches. There's usually like a 20 to 30 minute um, time limit. So I think they're digestible matches, I think. And and all of them, because of the style are, are you can watch them in a vacuum. You don't need you don't need a lot of backstory yeah. to figure out why they're great. Yeah. Number 14, Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat. Out of the top 10. Our oh. first boot our first boot of the top 10. And Cap's not happy about it. Yeah, well, and I, it's, you know, it actually my vote wouldn't have made much difference, but it fell out of my top 10 at the last minute. And um, a, a, actually a, a shoot match that I was the only voter on, which is depressing to me, uh, is what, knocked it out um so this this is you know another one it's canonical it's great it's this is fantastic wrestling it's it's urgent and and tight but i love the aesthetic of these two i really like i really like good aesthetics in matches where like you can kind of feel the characters as they walk out and get a sense for why they don't like each other and family man ricky steamboat with his kids or this kid and his wife, and then, you know, Playboy Ric Flair in this 1980s WCW dark, vaguely grungy setting is just, it's what I think of when I think of pro wrestling from my childhood. So 
this is fantastic wrestling. It could easily jump back into my top 10 and I think jump back into the overall top 10. But seeing this drop was a little bit disappointing. But ultimately, um, you know, we'll talk about when we get to the top 10. I, I was I was happy it made room for something myself. Um, number 13, Kenta Kobashi was a Mitsuru Misawa from... Noah three one oh three and this man <laughs> what can you say about these two that's not been already said yeah they've you know they, I think they wound up with three or four singles matches in the top one hundred I can't remember off the top of my head last year I had matches in my top one hundred this year I have three they they're great they're great together their chemistry was unparalleled I think in in some ways um. They are, this was Kobashi taking the torch, whether Misawa liked it or not. Um, this is also, you know, Noah Kobashi is what I call like death wish Kobashi. He's just, he's out there doing things that, that a man his size and age should not be doing. And they, they absolutely wreck one another in, in this match. It's, it's, it's wonderful. This is great. This is a great match. Uh, another another one that if people have not checked out, um, you know, two thousands Noah. This is a this is a good way to get into it. Yeah, this is the perfect introduction to two thousands Noah, in my opinion. Yeah. Number twelve, Dan Hansen and Terry Gordy versus Tenru Genichiro and Toshiaki Kawada. From the Real World Tag League Final, 1988, finished 14th, so it crept up a little bit last year. Um, 773 points, 11 ballots, and high vote was ninth. Um, yeah, so I actually rewatched this this morning. Uh, there were a couple matches that, knowing I was coming on, we we're going to talk about the top 25. There were a couple I hadn't seen for a really long time, and I wanted to just kind of jog my memory a little bit of them. This was one of those matches, and I immediately was reminded of how much I love this and why I love it. It's wonderful storytelling. I think, you know, if you're familiar with 90s All Japan, you know there's lots of sort of these woven narratives uh, in their tag matches where all four men have kind of, they have chemistry in some way, shape, or form. There's different dynamics. And this has all of that, but like with an 80s grittiness and meanness to it, Terry Gordy and Stan Hansen are in there to hurt people. Um, Stan Hansen is insanely stiff in this match, and poor Kawada takes a lot of it. Uh, Tenru takes a great deal of it, but Tenru is just the old grizzled veteran that is is going to power through everything. Uh, top you know, perhaps a top 10 selling performance from Kawada here. I think a, a, in some ways a kind of star-making performance from him. And Gordy and Hanson show why they're one of my favorite tag teams ever. They, they're they fantastic. And this also has that cool aesthetic I was talking about. You know, Hanson and Gordy come out in their dress. Both of them sort of dressed like Stan Hanson is normally dressed in the vest and the cowboy hat. Just two big hosses coming in to, to fight the the Japanese heroes in this particular case, really, really great match start to finish. And again, not, not a particularly long match. They get a lot done in a relatively short amount of time for these big epics. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's a match. I got to see this. This is 
this is something that's so up my alley. Yeah, if if this is this is another, I mean, I'm gonna obviously these are the top matches ever according to a, a, our our little project, so I'm recommending all of them. But this is another one, especially if you like Stan Hansen. Stan Hansen's one of my all time, probably number three for me, and uh, and he he has a great performance. And Terry Gordy, this is where Terry Gordy's meant to be. Terry Gordy getting to just lay it into people uh, is the best version of Terry Gordy. Yeah, that is the best version of Terry Gordy. I saw the Terry Gordy. <laughs> Killer Khan match. Oh, and God, that's so good. That that for today's episode, and it, it it's so gosh darn good. Yeah, that's one that if you you know just a quick side, if you asked me to do this maybe like five years ago, that match probably would have been in my top fifty. Um, you know, and and again when some you know it's no knock at all that that fell out of my top one hundred. We're talking about the point zero zero one percent of matches I've ever seen. Um, so, but it, that is a real, real high quality match. And I think if you like that match, you're going to really like this version of Der- Terry Gordy as well. 11, Mankind Shawn Michaels in your house mind games. What can we said about this match that hasn't been said already? This match is so good and it's so, and it's so woven together with the storylines yet wrestles so beautifully. Yeah, this is a massive finish for this match, right? Like this is this finished twenty three in two thousand nineteen, and yeah. um, I think I believe Microstatistics had it pretty high. At number then. two, yeah, he had it number two this year. I can't remember if he had it one last year or if he had it. Um, he had it really high, and it, it sort of put it on a lot of people's radar. I think that's a that's a a great thing about this project is I don't think there's there's not a lot of people actively advocating that people vote for matches but there is people putting matches on everyone's radar and giving us reasons to go back and watch and rewatch with fresh sets of eyes and um i think this match gets a little bump because of that and uh, you know deserve it i think it's a great 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 match i you know i think almost almost every ace from the u.s in the 90s owes mankind or Mick Foley a debt of gratitude um he if he wasn't everybody's best opponent he was at least a very unique opponent that is memorable and same thing here with Shawn Michaels he brings out a different side in Shawn um my whole thing is I I I just don't like the finish uh yeah it's a finish sucks it's a and I'm a finish guy like the you know oftentimes the a a finish that rubs me the wrong way can really pull a match down. And this is to me, a a top 100 match, top 50 match for 80% of it. And then that finish pulls it out of my list personally, but it's again, totally deserving of being on the list, totally deserving of a spot. And, um, and I'm glad to see it getting some, some recognition, but this is a pretty, it's a pretty high finish in my opinion for this match. Speaking of not high finishes, I think this match deserves a lot of credit. Sangre Chicano versus MS1, hair versus hair, 923-83, EMLLL. And this is the match that made me get Lucha. <laughs> awesome, yeah. Uh, so this was Hatred. my... Yeah, this was my number one match by default until, the, until I submitted my first ballot. Oh, uh, in 2019... It was overtaken at the very last minute 
when I watched two match this and the other match back to back. We'll talk about that match in a little while, but it's it's everything I want in my wrestling. It's you know the cliche is getting you know making every move count. Every single movement counts here. It's getting the most out of the least in terms of you know moves with a Z. Um, it's it's just simple hatred brawling. You know, it starts with MS1 beating Sanger Chicana bloody in front of his own mother. Uh, it's it's just it's wonderful and it it's to me self evidently great. And I think it is a match that can help if you're if you're having trouble with lucha lucha brawls, which I think some people can have a little bit of trouble getting into the style. This is a match that I think can really help help people translate their love of wrestling to Lucha a little bit. Cause this is, this is great. This is the, this is as, as good as it gets. This is my number two match. Um, I can't see it dropping out of number two anywhere in the near future, but you know, we'll see, but this is, this is as good as it gets, man. Yeah, this is as good as it gets. This is, this is something where, where the, it's bloody, it's gritty. It's, vicious it's yeah urgent. yeah and i'll say saying this, this made me realize one of my favorite moves in all of wrestling history is sangra chicana's haymaker left hand like watch this match and just watch where he hits that haymaker left and how like how much joy there is in just one move um one simple move he, he just his timing is incredible and it's not just this match he has quite a few that got some votes. He's a he's a he's a really great wrestler. Yeah, he's on the Observer Hall of Fame ballot this year. Oh, the fact that he's not in is a crime. <laughs> Number not at least the Mexico ballot's not that crowded anymore. So let's yeah. pray. Let's pray. <laughs> um, number nine, Jun Akiyama and Mitsuharu Misawa versus Toshiaki Kawada and Akira Tawe. World Real World Tag League Finals, All Japan '96. This is one of the few World Tag League finals I haven't seen. Oh, yeah. Uh, another one, actually, this is the other one I watched this morning just because I haven't watched it in so long. And uh, after I do my ballot, I take some notes on things I want to make sure I rewatch because I go down through it by match and kind of do a little stock on how I feel about my ballot uh, after I submit it. And I just realized I hadn't seen this match in a really long time. So it was on my list to rewatch anyway. I rewatched it this morning. It's great. It's it's got um it's got everything you expect out of these, you know, all mid these 90s all Japan tag matches. It's got the drama. This is I think a a really good Misawa performance. He takes an absolute beating um in in the sort of body of this match and the the meat and potatoes of this match and it's a great demonstration of the chemistry between um, Kawada and Tawe. They are their movements and transitions and saves are just top notch here. It's seamless. You know, they they make all they make really great wrestling look absolutely effortless. And I think this is a really good example. And Junakiyama deserves all the credit in the world. He's he got he got what it meant to be a great wrestler so early in life. And yes. he he looks great here. Um, you know, Kobashi's one of my favorite wrestlers ever. Uh perhaps, you know, probably one or two to me so it's it's unfair for him to like be compared to kobashi uh, but he is a 
he is the fifth pillar in every sense of the word. Yeah, he is the fifth pillar, and and I, I always referred to him as the fifth pillar, not as a disrespect, but as yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's you know he just he he just wasn't there when the pillars were forming, right? When it when that sort of legend was forming, but he's absolutely deserved of of a place amongst these these sort of giants and. Uh, and his career, the longevity of his career, you know, he's still producing some really good quality wrestling. And that's really impressive, to be honest. And he's been on the edge of the Observer Hall of Fame for the last three years. And I don't know how how anybody's going to see Julian Giamma and say, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I I often don't really understand that process. I mean, I, I know that there's a lot of it's a logistical thing. And there's a matter of like, you know, you can only vote for so many. Um, I, I almost always I don't keep up with it as much as I used to because I almost would always find myself just frustrated with who's not in. Um, but right. but yeah, Junagiyama is 100 percent going to be in there one day. He deserves it. He's a he's a absolutely fantastic wrestler and he's really great here. His his uh, his contribution brings a lot to the emotional investment in this match. He's uh, he's really, really, really good in that department here. A, a match that you don't expect to have people people to have chemistry, but they do. Um, Kobashi and Hanson. My God, this match is awesome. Yeah. Again, Good. Again, like, Hanson being the big bully and, like, Kobashi selling it. it it's just fantastic. Um, this is... To me, the the best pairing in wrestling history, I, I think Kobashi and Hanson are absolutely made for one another. I can kind of see what you mean, like you wouldn't necessarily expect them to have great chemistry. Uh, I think Hanson had sort of a mixed bag of chemistry with the other pillars. This Kobashi is one of the best fired up baby faces ever in wrestling, and Hanson makes him earn absolutely everything in every match they have. Uh, so... This is the big famous one from them. This is the one, I think, you know, this is their best chapter. This was my number three vote. I was the high vote on this. Uh, they end up with four matches on my ballot. Uh, I watched all of their available singles matches between last year's ballot and this year's ballot. And not only did it make me realize they have other absolute classics out there, it made me appreciate this match more because it added to the context of this match. So I, I have nothing but time for Kobashi and Hanson. I could watch those two wrestle all day long. I think they're made for one another. And I think this is, this is the best version of controlled chaos. I can imagine They're um, they're really good. I think the, the good thing is Hanson kind of, he's, known for being reactionary like he's he talks about how he, he doesn't really plan things he just sort of reacts to what his opponents do i think he brings a that element of um sort of organic violence to these 90s all japan matches where they don't ever feel cooperative but there's an orchestrated element to them uh, where hansen throws all that all that out the window and just is is a, a whirlwind of violence. And I think that's really good for Kobashi here. Speaking of Kenta Kobashi, number seven, one of my favorite matches of all time. I recently watched this and I loved it as much as I loved anything in the world. Um, Kenta Kobashi 
Tsuyoshi Kikuchi versus Dan Crawford and Dunk Furness. This is this this is just prime crowd heat at its very best. Yeah, face melting heat. Like this crowd is white hot. Uh, this got a number one vote. This is wound up on 14 ballots, uh, which is the second most. Quite a few matches have wound up on 14 ballots, um, and only one match wound up on 15. This is great wrestling. It's, it's you know, there's a handful of matches that are sort of as close as it gets to objective, agreed upon greatness, and this is it. I was for a really long time a little bit lower on this match than everybody else. All that meant was that it was like in the back half of my list. And recently, you know, in the past, like maybe six months, I, I watched it again and I don't know, something clicked. Something just clicks sometimes when you watch matches, even if you've watched them a couple times. Something clicked and I just sort of got why this match deserved to be a good bit higher. And so it finished in my top uh, 50, I believe, this year. It's wonderful, wonderful match. It finished 10 last year, finishes seven this year. Uh, it's objectively great. Yes, and it's one of those things where it's like Duke versus North Carolina at Cameron Indoor Stadium. It's something where 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 these teams go back and forth, but but the the home court advantage brings Kobashi and Kikuchi the titles. Yep, absolutely. It's a good that's a good analogy. Um, number six, Jumbo Saruta versus Janichiro Tenru. Six five eighty nine. Uh, have have you seen this one? I've seen, I, I've seen this, but not in a while. Sure. I think this is like jumbo. This is like jumbo's like best performance. Yeah, this is again kind of commonly accepted as the best. You know, I think a lot of people would say this is the best '80s Japanese match. This is the best '80s All Japan match. Um, kind of Jumbo's crowning performance as the ace. Uh, it's fantastic. It's ahead of its time. I think it sets the stage for what All Japan would become in the 90s. There's just such chemistry and fluidity between them, but I don't think they lose any of that malice and hatred. There's, you know, Tenru is, Tenru is always going to make sure that exists, and I think Jumbo has an underrated sort of charisma in that way too. Where especially when he's a win with somebody like uh, Tenru, you can see he's he's game um, to to bring that 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 also that uh, that. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Dynamic charisma and, and anger to his matches. And 
this is just great. It's it's fantastic. It wound up in my top 20. Um, I'm I'm a little surprised almost that this doesn't wind up higher. Like it seems weird to think number six is low, but it finished five last year, and I was a little surprised it didn't sort of hover around that three to five range uh, this year. But you know, again, nothing but praise for this match. It's it's a it's near perfect for what it is. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's very good. I need to rewatch it. This match um, again, just to watch two, two, two of the best of all time. Just go at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number five, Kobashi Misawa, one twenty ninety seven. The first Puro match I've ever saw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. how do you? Your first one you've ever saw. How do you feel about it? Is it? Is it? Is it a good uh, spot it, for it? I think it, it's an excellent spot for it. It, it. it introduces you. So this is my story with this match. After Masao died, I'm like, people were like, this is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, of course. I was, I was 13 at the time. So, so I'm like, who the heck is this Misawa guy? And why are they considering him the greatest wrestler ever? And I did, haven't seen him. I got why Misawa and Kobashi are considered two of the greatest wrestlers of all time after seeing it. Yeah, it's. I think it's commonly accepted in, or at least in a lot of circles, as the best version of this match that they've had. They have a lot of great matches, but I think this one's the top one. I think it adds a layer to what they normally do because of the the sort of dueling arm work and um and how they how they just integrate all of the little details into their match. This is, you know. 90s All Japan gets kind of maligned by its critics for being excessive, but I really think the the devil's in the details with what these guys do, and this has a lot of great detail and patience, and it's, you know, again, to me, the best version of what they do. I have it at number four. It gets a high vote of number two. I'm a little surprised it didn't get any number one votes, but, you know, we'll obviously probably talk about that in a little while, but again, just this fantastic um match between two guys who are just f- work magic together they're they're fantastic together yeah it's just something where where you just sit there and every time you're watching you're in awe yeah it goes by so fast it's a it's it's just a it it flies by it's a it's not a short match, but it does not feel like you're investing that much time because it's so digestible and it's just a joy. Number four, the highest rated American match. Bret Hart versus D Wasn't a mission match. WrestleMania thirteen. Big it's jump considerable for this. Considerable jump. Considerable yeah. jump. Uh, from nine to four this year, which you know it's only five spots, but once you get in this rarefied air, it's it's kind of hard to move around. Um, I, I'm happy to see this. This is a match I like more every time I watch it. Probably uh, I, I've watched it a few times, thinking, am I am I high on this because of nostalgia? Am I high on this because WWE pushes their narrative so hard, and we you know we're kind of at least I, because I still expose myself to modern American wrestling, um, I, I just sort of see those narratives and hear those narratives. But 
every time it, it lives up, it's, it's perfect. It's a, it's again, high degree of difficulty, the double turn. Um, it's Bret Hart's, I think masterpiece, his opus, but Austin giving everything he has to become a star here. And it works, obviously, uh, this, this launched a generation of wrestling and, and then in turn a generation of wrestling fans it, I don't think you can really understate how important and great this match is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't have that nostalgic connection to it because I'm 24. Yeah. This match is still freaking great. Yeah. <laughs> this match it's... is still one of the greatest matches of all time. No matter when you parachute in, if you have a nostalgic connection to it, if you, if you don't have a nostalgic connection to it, this is just pro wrestling at its best. Yeah. And there and there are three matches I I'm I would consider for number one. This is one of them, the Kobachi 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 Furnace match is one and then the one that fi- finished it. Number one is uh, number one contender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is and I think that brings up a good point about like what makes great wrestling. And for me that that sort of being able to watch it regardless of when you were born and you know, like whether you have a nostalgic connection or understand the the story, being able to just drop into a match and watch it in a vacuum and still see how great it is, I think is a quality of almost all great wrestling. I don't, you, there can be great wrestling that you have to watch within the storyline and that can, that, there's a place for that in wrestling overall. But I think in terms of one, this way of watching and thinking about wrestling I really value that ability to watch it regardless of whether you know anything about it, regardless of whether you're connected to the product at the time uh, and get its greatness. I think that's, that's a, a, that's high praise uh, for a match. Yeah. It's just Bret Hart's magnum opus. (laughs) And then Austin is, is right there with him, you know, every step of the way. Yeah, and the the visual, right? I think visuals are so important in wrestling and giving you the those moments. Those moments within wrestling, for me, where you where a match is great, and then something happens in the match, and you just feel the match elevate in quality. Um, there usually has to be something like that in a match, and I think obviously the the blood and the the him being in the sharpshooter for as long as he was is one of those moments that's not just iconic for the match, but it's iconic in wrestling as a whole, obviously. Uh, Almost everybody knows that if you're an American wrestling fan, it's again, incredible degree of difficulty and both men deserve all the credit in the world for producing this. Yeah. Number two, Akira Hokuto versus Shinobu Kandori. Oh, did we skip number three? I know number three, number three. I met, I was looking at number two. (laughs) Uh, number three, Mitsuru versus Kawada, <laughs> six three ninety four. We don't need to say the promotion. <laughs> because, yeah, no, because we know which promotion it is. Yeah, this is this was introduced to me as the greatest wrestling match ever when I first watched it. Um, I don't know if that helped or hurt it because I don't think I've ever felt like it was, but I still feel like it's one of the greatest wrestling matches ever. It's. Again, this this match has been discussed to death, um, and its greatness is probably not really in doubt. I'm a little surprised it didn't get a number one vote, but it got a number two vote on 14 ballots. Um, it finished number two last year. It's 
you know, commonly accepted as one of the greatest matches ever. And, and there's a reason for that. It's, it's violent. It's careful. It's, it's a, it's a really nuanced physical storytelling that you don't often see even for this time period in this promotion. So I think it does stand out from the crowd a little bit and I totally understand why people have it even higher than I do. I have it sort of middle of the pack, um, you know, in the top 50, but uh, I think I have it, uh, I actually have it 28. So, you know, not, not a bad showing for it at all, but um, yeah, great, great match that I, I'm not going to be able to say anything that more articulate fans haven't said before me. Yeah, I, I can't say any. I feel like what's been said about this match has already been said. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and it is one of the greatest wrestling matches ever. It is. It just really is. But you want to, but part of you want to be against saying it's the greatest because it's introduced as the greatest. Yeah. It, you know, it's not even like being a, Against it's it, it is just that when somebody when somebody says to you this is the greatest thing ever the the standards don't get any higher there's no place to go but down uh, and so you know I don't know that it would have changed it was a long long time ago so I I don't think that would change where it is on my ballot now but I totally understand why this enjoys that um, that honor in some wrestling circles and and over time and even today uh, but for me it's you know, this is, this is silly to say for a match that finished 28th ever for me. Uh, it's a all-time match, but not the greatest match ever. That's that's kind of all I can say about it for myself. Number two, your greatest match ever. Akira Hokuto versus Shinobu Kandori. AJW, uh, 4-2-93. You're the hybrid on it, but 15 ballots, almost on every ballot. Number yeah. nine, 2019 finish fourth. So have you seen this one? I've seen the clips. Okay. Um, you know, I'll try not to gush over this too much. I think this is just the greatest wrestling match ever. And I don't think I, I feel really confident in it now. Um, like I said, 2019, this jumped Sanger Chikana versus MS1 for the number one is this spot. This the doll collar match? This one? No. No, this uh, is the uh, one where Hokuto beats the living So crap. they both beat the hell out of each other in this match. Um, so you're, the chain match you're probably thinking of is the Bull Nakano versus Shinobu Kandori match. Oh, um, yeah. I've seen I've seen more of the chain match than this match. Okay, time. yeah. So that that is also one of my favorite matches and a match I would highly recommend. If it were a favorites list, that could be number one for me. Uh, this is... This is to me just pure wrestling drama in its in its best form. It's the only match I can think of that I'm like physically exhausted watching. Like they're like I'm I get so invested and wrapped up in the story they're telling that when I finish it I almost feel like tired um, after. It's it's like when you watch a really good movie or a movie with just like the highest quality acting and you kind of lose yourself in that. It, it kind of feels that way to me. Um, I think Hokuto is the perfect protagonist in this match she is an all-time ace performer and Kandori presents a threat and a hurdle for her that nobody else could not you know Bull Nakano could not do it Dump Matsumoto could not do it Aja Kong could not do it Kandori is a shooter she's dangerous she's mean she's cerebral um this starts with a 
a spot where Hokuto's head gets tombstone or pile driven into a table and they cut Oh yeah, the I see that. Um, yeah. yeah. There's a dent in the table and Kandori's a blood or excuse me, Hokuto's a bloody mess. So like just setting oh, the I've stage. Seen this match. Yeah. Now uh, that you're 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 yeah, it, it, and so it's, it's, you know, it goes from there. It only builds from there. It's just, it sort of hits this moment where you just realize they are just going, throwing bombs at each other to try to, to not just keep each other down, but to, to end one another permanently. It's um, highest form of drama. I could, I could talk about it for days. It's, it's a match that I think is, you know, it's the only match to get onto 15 ballots. Um, it, it has one number one vote, and that is for me. The match it lost to has, let me count really quick, eight number one votes. Um, and this match still only lost by, you know, roughly 40 points. Yeah. Um, so I think it speaks to how highly this match is thought of, not by just me, but by a lot of people. And I was really happy to see this get the number two nod. I didn't really think it was going to get number one, but I was happy to see it get number two and a match. I, I can't recommend enough. It's, it's, it's out there. It's on YouTube. Um, people should be watching this match. It's, it's the best as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, number one, six, nine, 95. <laughs> I, I can't say anything more than that. Yeah, that's all you need. Here's the participants. Kenda Kobashi, Mitsuharu Masawa versus Toshiaki Kawada versus Akira and Akira Tawi. Not versus Akira Tawi. That would be weird. Um, <laughs> um, this match, what what has been, what has not been said about this match? This match is just... It's the it's the default number one. I mean, it, it finished number one in 2019. It finished number one this time. Half of the ballots submitted have had this match as number one. It's unless there is a kind of I, I believe I said on the board unless there's a kind of sea change in voting um, on our on this, it's going to be number one. It's uh, there are people who don't like all Japan as much, and so it didn't end up on as many ballots. It only ended up on 13 ballots. Only, I say. But it's, you know, it's great. There's nothing to be said. It's it's the highest form of violence and drama combined that I can think of when Kobashi throws himself on Misawa to save him from more beating. You just, you look at it like, oh, this is the greatest wrestling match ever. I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm watching that. Um, it's it's wonderful. It's a wonderful wrestling match. It, you know, it's it's in my top five. Um, I believe I had it at number four uh, or no, number five this year. And, you know, that's not a knock on the match at all. That's just sort of where I have it amongst the, the absolute elite matches. It's, it's great. It's self-evidently awesome. Yeah. It's, I would, I don't know. I don't know. I think it would be my number one if I voted like, like, Seriously, like mm-hmm. I, I would be remiss if I didn't. But I have a lot of blind spots, so I feel like I'm not comfortable. But but it's like it's like this match right here. You you have the highest element of drama, and it's sort of 
Like, this is as good as pro wrestling can get in a ring. Without promos, without anything like that. You don't need a backstory. You, you, you can just enjoy this match in a vacuum. But the backstory does help. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a match that you know, like I said before, I like the I like matches where you don't have to have all that, but sort of even just watching kind of all Japan wrestling in the nineties and having a sense of the dynamics I think helps a little but you're right. You don't you don't have to you don't have to know anything. You know that Kawada and Tawe are mean and they are violent and Misawa and Kobashi are giving everything they could possibly give to beat them. And that's as simple as it is. That's as simple as it needs to be. Um, they're, you know, the, the exchanges are snug and visceral and the, the drama in the way that everybody is selling everything and the way they're selling, not just, not just the, the work done on them, but the work done on their partners is I think what sets this match apart a little bit. Um, just great wrestling. Just, just highest end you could possibly get. A match that I saw that finished one on five and one to forty three. Eddie Guerrero versus John Bradshaw Layfield. Uh I, I was that was the most shocking thing to me. That I, but but I know this is a great match. I know this is a really, really great match. Um, yeah, I was surprised too, but I'm the high vote on that match. I mean, I mean, I'm the, I've been championing that match for a while. That finished eight for me. Um, it is, I was really shocked that that jumped not just into the top 100, but into the top 50. But I think it is, to me, it is the best individual performance ever. I think Eddie Guerrero's performance in that match is the best individual wrestling performance I've ever seen. Um, it has a lot of things I shouldn't like. I don't like screwy finishes that much. Um, you know, in terms of the, the true elite matches, I don't like ref shenanigans that much. I don't like JBL laying in a headlock that much, but regard, like despite all of that, that match always ends up being something that is greater than the sum of its parts. And I think it reflects there's, you know, I don't want to get too too deep in the weeds with this, but I think there's, it reflects some real world political dynamics in a way that speak to me in interesting ways and, and make it that much more meaningful. And it reflects that Eddie is a champion in a kind of rough time for the WWE. And he is by all accounts that personally and really put it on his own shoulders and perhaps unhealthy ways as you see he blades entirely too hard um and to try to make everything better to try to really push the the product and i think you see a lot of outside of the ring things performed inside the ring um kind of as subtext and that makes that match all the better to me but it's again in a vacuum an amazing match i showed it to a friend who's just sort of in a like kind of into wrestling and you know, every once in a while gets in the mood to watch wrestling with me. And before the pandemic, he came over and we watched a handful of matches. And that was one I showed him and he he loved it. He was like, that's incredible. That, that's one of the most incredible wrestling matches I've ever seen. Um, so I think it 
it holds up in a lot of different circumstances. But I'm, I'm glad you brought that one up because I love that match so much. And uh, yeah, I, th- I totally think it deserves the spot. I'm 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 one of its greatest champions. Yeah, that was the one I I saw in the list that sort of shocked me a little bit. But yeah, but but I haven't I haven't seen like any from like World of Sport or a lot of lucha, so I I can't really com- comment. The Bolnakano Shinobu Gandori chain match, which finished 83rd mm-hmm. and you were the high vote on that you were 19th yeah another one i'll probably always be the high vote on that one it's again one of my favorite matches and this is me being a total mark for kandori to be honest like she's i think she brings something to matches that is singular in all of wrestling i don't think i believe elliot's kind of compared her to, to brock lesnar in terms of her the danger and sense of danger that she brings um and i can see that but i also I just think she's different. She's a a mean shooter. She's not a big woman. She doesn't like tower over people like, you know, like Aja Kong might. But she is the the malice that she brings is palpable. And her and Nakano just beat the crap out of each other in that match. And it's the best two people tied together match I've ever seen it's and I think that's hard to do um but they are they're wonderful in that match and it really shows to me why why both of them are really high top top level performers um not just they are just two of the best female performers ever they are two of the best wrestlers ever yeah plugs before we go yeah you have any plugs uh, I guess my Twitter account. Um, I haven't been on wrestling Twitter in a minute since I've been doing the project and it's been kind of occupying my time. But uh, at Markout Mountain is my wrestling Twitter account. Um, and your blog. Your blog. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, we haven't been keeping that up as well. It's a friend of mine. Um, we we both have been working on that. I need to move to, to start putting my, my GWE stuff over or GME stuff over there from this year. But um, I'd like to get back to doing that, to blogging a little bit more about wrestling. But um, but that is uh, WordPress Markout Mountain, uh, pretty easy to find. Um, and that's a friend of mine, Adam, who's uh, a, a really brilliant wrestling fan who doesn't post as much on forums, but he's he's a really great wrestling mind and, and uh, very knowledgeable and has been really influential in getting me into a lot of the stuff that wound up on my list. Yes, that's very cool that you're you're still you're still like doing that. Yeah. Um. So thank. Though so I'm gonna do the. Um. And exit. You can follow me on Twitter at DJD Kooks. Um. And you can follow me follow the show. I'm gonna make a Facebook page for the show and do all that later. You yeah. know, awesome, and link it up. You know, so so that though so I just wanted to thank Cap for for coming on today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was, it was a lot of fun this morning. Yeah, I could talk about the stuff. <laughs> I know. Yeah, let me stop the recording now.
and welcome to Great Match Generator. Um, thank you to Cap for coming on to the show today and talking about the top 25 of the 2020 list of greatest matches ever. Um, th- that was the segment you heard before we go into the four matches we have today here. Um, it, it's re- it, it was a really interesting list because because some some of the list some of the matches like the it doesn't stay the same even though number one stayed the same a lot of the matches sort of shuffled with another year's old lens. But I'm here with Beast Mike. Yep, yep. It's a it's a very nice Tuesday uh, Tuesday afternoon. Uh, it's been that for, for 17 minutes. We got we got a couple. Uh, we got some good flows here. We got some uh, flows from the 80s and some flows from the one flow from the outs and then one flow from the from the 20 from the last decade. So 2010. So it's going to be a good show. We go in date order here. So let's go with Terry Gordy versus Kayla Khan first. Um, this was the number one overall match in the Death Valley Driver Video Review 80s Texas match, Texas set, and I could see why. No, this was good. This was a this this was a a good solid physical match uh, with two dudes who know how to brawl. Uh, the the crowd and in, in impact of it was also very productive and solid. I, I dig it. I, I was I was digging this match finish. I just think Terry Gordy's just a violent man. Yeah, <laughs> and Karakhan was just right with him. It, this was the Terry Gordy show here. Just Terry Gordy was just nasty. He was just brawling with attrition and urgency. So and Khan was right there with him. Yeah, I love that he kept up with him. I love that he kept up the pace. He kept up the physicality. I think part of that is. Gordy kind of feeds off that. He kind of feeds off of the, like, I'm going to throw a punch, and let's see how hard you can throw it back at me. And I, I kind of think Gordy feed, fed off of that. And I, I, I like that about him. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I, I've seen a few Gordy matches. Gord, Gordy's at his best when he really strikes on his violent side. Yes, uh, definitely. That, that definitely did a... Uh, did strike that, that definitely was struck a chord with me in, in a particular match. Yeah. And, and, and at times it, it almost got to the point where it was uncomfortable, but it wasn't uncomfortable. Like you, you were, you're like, man, killer cons really busted here. Yeah. Open. That was a great blade job, by the way. Yes. Blade yeah, job. Yeah, it, a lot to the match. Definitely. Yeah. I think, yeah. Adding the color to it, I think was a very good, that was a good look. It kind of, kind of, really, except it made everyone kind of understand how violent and vicious Gordy can be if you give him the time to do it. You give him the time to go on the offensive. I think that was a good. That made a whole lot of sense. There are some times where where, where blood where blood doesn't make sense. This blood made sense. This blood was was, uh, was very very. It was absolutely was was a good look. And I like the angle at the end where where Akbar comes in and 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 tries to interfere and now missing link and and Carrie was fighting side by side. I, I liked all that stuff. It's just pure eighties pro wrestling. 
Yeah, and, no, de- no, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it got eighties wrestling is kind of like the uh, you got your technical stuff, but then when, when you on the other side of it, you got your violent stuff. And when the violent stuff really kicks in, ooh, it, it can it can get it can get gross. It it can definitely get gross. Gross, and it can get very violent. Um, I I really liked this match. I thought I thought Kerry played well as the special guest referee. Um. Overall, just a very good match. Yeah. As a Freebird and a Von Erich shakes hands to 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 take out a killer enemy and killer con. It's an I, I what would you rate this at? Four and a half? Four um yeah, four and a quarter, four and a half. I I'll probably go four and a quarter with it. I think it was a, a very productive match. Uh, from start to finish, the blood I don't think got in the way of it. I think it was just an overall solid deal. I thought I, I, I'm a little higher on this thing. You, know, I'm I'm at four and a half. I love brawls like this. Um, mm. it's unique. It's something where something where um, it's gritty. It's down and dirty. It's yeah. It it's awesome, but. Next match, we have Ric Flair versus Kevin Von Erich, which is the total opposite from the same promotion. Remember when I said technical stuff? Uh, how we got a difference between violent stuff in the 80s and the tech stuff in the 80s. Uh, this this is certainly one of the latter. And as, as we know, Ric Flair is one of the best techn- the, one of the best wrestlers, one of the best technical wrestlers ever. And Kevin, and Kevin Von Erich uh, can match, can go bar for bar with Flair in terms of the, at least he could have gone bar for bar with Flair. Now, what's interesting to me about this is that this was in Texas Stadium, the old school Texas Stadium with the, with the roof, uh, when obviously the Cowboys played. And as we know, the Dallas area is Von Erich country. When Von Erich hit the scene, ooh, the crowd was hyped. The, the crowd was hyped for, for, uh, for at KVN. It, it was that, that's that was it. That was energy and some juice to it. Yeah. I, I thought Kevin was very relentless in this match. Yes. I thought he was very, very poised and very ca- calm for the moment. It wasn't too big for him. Oh, no, he was ready for this life. He was absolutely ready for this. Um, it, it had a sense of urgency, mm-hmm. which it's something I harp on a lot on these first four episodes, but something i really love in my wrestling now it's like it's like if you don't have the urgent to kick kick the guy's ass mm-hmm. then then why i'm wrong that's that's something i'm very passionate about about pro wrestling it's just like the sense of urgency inside the ring and it's like and it's something i i do want to talk about the Bauer O'Reilly match later yeah because, because that 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 was that that should be nominated for this project too because Ooh, I, I love yo that was man that was dope the, 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 the baller, and we knew it was gonna be dope too with uh finn and finn and kyle we knew the match was gonna be good yes but uh, more about this flare that flare flop into the other ring Oh my god. <laughs> Flair's selling is so good. Flair's so good. Yes. Flair's so 
he is a brilliant seller. He absolutely is a is a brilliant seller. Kevin wrestling with the bare feet is, is something that's also very interesting. And I was watching this with Greg, and mm-hmm. Greg's not on the show today, but but Greg was like, "How am I supposed to take this ser- seriously when 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 he harps? I think Greg harps on the fact that there are hypocrisies." Okay. With the way Jim Cornette views things with, right. with versus, versus the way we view things. And it's like, I agree with Cornette a lot of the time, mm-hmm. but not all the time. Um, When it comes to sense of urgency, like when it comes to like, like it doesn't need to be rocket science. No. So there are some matches where you just have to get lost in the match, and that, that's what I try to do when I watch wrestling. Is I try to get, I, I try to like, okay, I, I get some of the storylines, I get it, I understand it, but it's like, let's just get lost in the match to see how it goes. And like, if, if the match, if the match is dope, the storyline doesn't really matter. As long as, as long as the wrestling's dope, it'll work. Me and Cap were talking about like we get lost in the actual match, and what makes a match great is. Anybody could parachute in and know the story. Right. Um, I don't need all these intricate storylines like The Fiend or like, and I, I've been pretty consistent on like my hate, hatred of like silly gimmicks and stuff like that because yeah, it's just it's just you want to keep it simple. You want to keep you want to keep it simple. Get down to the wrestling. Yes, and, and I and I hear you though, and I, and I, I hear you, and I, I can agree with that. Like there there are some there are some instances where okay, an added storyline makes sense, i.e. Retribution, for example. Like like I think I like I'm kind of wishy washy on them because it's like eh, you're just attacking just for the sake of attacking, but now do you actually have a face to it? Like like what what they did with Mustafa Ali last night, you got a face to it. Now we we actually can get somewhere with this. So uh, that's why that's why I was well, at least with the Dark Order, their point was clear. Their point was clear. Get the AEW World Title. Their their point was initially clear, and then now they got the they got the TNT title. So fine. So it but makes sense. Wrestling cool. fans don't understand it. things take time and urgency and right. And I just wanted I don't, to have a point. Is what is what I'm saying. I I get that you want to have a point, but the point, but some way people tell stories is they don't tell you the point right away. Yes. They didn't tell you the point right away with retribution, but but it, now they're getting it, to it. Or at least they're, they're starting it. Um, this is just two guys wanting to prove who's better. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And you, you get the sense of Von Eric kind of trying to be the hero for his people in Texas, and Flair kind of being the outsider and trying to prove that oh, like I'm coming from the north and I'm still better than you. Like the north style is, is better than the south. Uh, South flows, so I, I, I get that. And Flair obviously being one of the best, uh, the one of the greatest ever, and, Ke- and Kevin is too. But uh, it's a, I, I like how this works. I like how this this just naturally clicked. I thought Kevin was really shown sh- shined in this match. Not to say that Flair didn't, but I never realized real realized. I, I always thought Kerry was the uh, was golden. the best of the, was the best of the Von Erichs. Best of my nerves, but I'm like, I'm like, I'm like superstar sleaze on the porn, and I'm like, Kevin Von Erich's one of the most underrated ass kickers of all time. Yeah, really. Yeah, like, Kevin, 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 Kevin
was one of the best babyface comebacks I've ever seen. He can brawl and he can finish. And I think that's that's a that is a really Yeah, it, it definitely does get overlooked. It absolutely does uh because yes, he's a he's an absolute babyface in Texas. Like as I mentioned before, like the like the, the girls in the crowd were, were all over him once he came out. Like they had they had the security they couldn't keep enough security to keep him away from uh, from the crowd that, that would have tried to reach out and grab him. But this it, one was gritty it, too. It, was it got gritty once it went into the other ring. Yeah, it did. When, when Kevin hit the splash, when they started brawling on the outside, which led to the finish. And I wasn't even mad at the finish. That's the thing. You get so lost in it, you don't even get mad at the finish. No. Yeah, no, it's true. Like You're just like, oh, wow, this match is dope. Like, like the finish was the finish just comes off as surprising as opposed to upsetting. So you know, I, this this was dope. One, one match that finished in the top ten that some people argue the finish hurt, um, was Un- Mankind versus Shawn Michaels, which finished twelfth on the uh tw- in the um GME. What the uh, the in your house match that they had? Yeah, house match. Yeah, okay. It's absolutely one of the best matches of all time. But some people harp on finish. It's so underrated for both of their careers. Because both guys have had so many other classics with, with so many other guys. Uh, he lost uh, in the pantheon of their, of their careers. Sort of, sort of leap, it, leap it in terms of importance. and But at the same time, when we get to it, it's a great freaking match. It is. It, it, it actually is. Um, next we go to all the way to 2000, mm-hmm. and we had in the year of Atlantis versus Viano, we also had this gem, Misawa versus Junakiyama. This was it's, a gem. It, it was it was it was very good. Uh, this match started out slow, and I think what's amazing to me is that the announcers really kind of like they were kind of the conductors for people who weren't in the building and they, they kind of like they, they brought the temp they, they kind of kept the tempo at, at a nice even keel pace and then we get about 10 minutes in and then they start fighting on the outside with a pile driver and, and then so they bring it up a little bit and then bring it down and then they bring it right back up when they, when they go to the outside again and it's it, it becomes a, a full-on demolition derby pretty much the, the end and the announcers really did a very good job of bringing the momentum, bringing the tempo up for everyone that's not in the building, and then the building did the rest for for for, for the match itself for the for the wrestlers. And I think I think the what really elevated this match for me was the finishing sequence within yes. within starting with Matawa's knee that drew Akiyama's blood. Mm-hmm. Um, that was. I talk about happy accidents in all Japan pro wrestling and them happening often. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. This falls blood and like Mitsawa is still the baby face in this. Right. And he accidentally drew blood, but he's still trying to work over it. Um and and like also June being forced to work over Mitsawa's neck. Yeah. <laughs> well, all the suplex with the with the with the suplexes. And, uh, 
got the, the explorers in there, and then, I, and then that, that that killer one at the end. The the one at the, the end was what was that like an explorer brainbuster kind of kind of hybrid? It's, the, the, it's called a rest clutch explorer. Rest clutch explorer, okay. It dropped it right on the right on his head. Yeah, it's it just straight on his head. Like, like. Like, Masao was trying to come back and come back and come back, and he couldn't. Mm-hmm. The, the overall arc of Masao's career is when he comes back, boy, you're, you're in for a fight. Yep. And Akiyama snuffed the flame out. Yep. Yeah. This was their energy. There are points before that, that closing sequence where it was doomed. It was doomed because there were Germans giving us. Countless amount. There was a bunch of Germans given out, and then they had the. Yeah, it, it was it was wild. That was that was a wild finish. Uh, uh to the end, that was very entertaining. But they was it like three straight exploders, and then the, then that um that wrist clutch. It was three straight exploders and a brain buster, and then the and, and the brain buster. Yeah, right. The brain buster. Then he kicked out, and then the, the wrist clutch to finish. You know, it was. Ooh. They brought it. It's just. marvelous how how you know this was really Akiyama's match but this hour still shines Um, and we watched a considerable amount of this hour in the first three episodes yeah yeah, I think he's been featured in all three in three out of four right all four I think okay yeah he's been all four. four Yeah, right. Because last week a lot of it, a lot of it was WWE, so like, I don't think he was in that one. So yeah, he was in the other one. So yeah, so he, he was three out of four. I think Masawa is. He may. Bixen Span brought up the point. He may be the least interesting of the four pillars, but okay. still, but still, if you're the least interesting, yeah, still elicit that kind of response. Story. He really his matches all tell really good captivating stories. And I, I'm just in awe every time I every new every not new because he died ten years ago, but every new to me match I see of his, I'm like drawn to this guy because he is so effortless. He yeah, he is he is fluid, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's so... He's straight up fluid and natural. And not to say that the other three weren't. The other three men in the four pillars, and and Akiyama is the fifth pillar. Let's, let's just say it as it is. We were talking about it. We were talking about it. He was just not around at the same... He did not grow up in the same time. He was like two, three years after... After, um, um, but he came in and held it down pretty much. Yeah. But he he got this profession from the moment he's been in it, and he's mm. still having great matches today. From 1992 to today, that's that's almost 30 years. That's 28 years of getting pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. 
and not only getting it, but adapting to the times, like like, like adapting to to how wrestling's changed over the years. Where wrestling is, as we talked about in the eighties, which is which is a lot was a hybrid of tech stuff and brawling, and in the nineties, there's a little bit more of a show to it. And now the odds where it and then the odds in twenty twenty is now is about speed and athleticism. So we're, we're getting the style that much. He just adapted like Jericho. Right. Um, but but I, I give Akiyama a lot more credit than I do Jericho because um it's more high quality stuff in Akiyama's thing than Jericho in terms of matches and not terms of like character work. Because yeah, character I, with Jericho, Jericho maybe Jericho's easily the most adaptive character of all time. But yeah, I would I would say yeah, I I can buy that. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just fan freaking tastic all around how these guys, how, how these guys just constantly, I mean, constantly, um, how these all Japan matches get better with age, in my opinion. It's a different breed. It's a it's a different flow from what we're used to seeing with with American style wrestling. I, I will I will say. Yes. 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 Yeah, so, our last match fe- also features one Jun Akiyama in 2012. Um. Versus. Versus um, Jun Akiyama and Kobashi versus um, Kensuke Sasaki and a young Mitsuhiro Kitamiya, who's now known as Masa Kitamiya, mm. in Noah. This was a very solid tag match. I, I like the pacing of it. I like the, uh, the I like the tags. I like the efficiency of the, the tags and how they how well they were used. I like the sort of the uh, the the combos that each team were doing towards the end, especially that uh, that that chop, and then the knee, the chop to the look like the throat, and then the knee to the face, um, chop, which was, I think was the next to last pin attempt, pinfall attempt. Uh, I thought I thought this was overall very solidly done. This uh this tag match. I, I think this match gets elevated by the fact that that that. That Kobashi and Yakiyama were being bullies the entire time, and Sasaki was trying to stand up for his little buddy. They definitely play the heel role quite nicely. Um, and then, and then, um, this is from a promotion called Diamond Ring. Um, okay. Yeah, but I did, I did notice that uh, the promo there. I think it's it was Sasaki's promotion. Okay. Um. Um. And it was just, it, I I, I love the opening sequence of the match too. Like the young lion trying to, trying to compete with two all-time legends and just failing. Yes. Like you're not at our level. And they they probably showed him the door real quick. And they showed him the door real quick to, and then Kobashi and Suzaki. What what needs to be said about Kobashi and Suzaki? Um, nothing. They just chopped the crap out of each other. It was it was a chop. It did turn into a chop fest. 
We got big time chops. We got the machine gun chops. Yeah, it did turn into a chop fest. And then, and then Keith Tamita gets a comeback that that the crowd was very invested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was well, it was off a hot tag, and then he he, just, he went right to work off the hot tag, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he was working off the hot tag, and he was rolling for a little bit before Kobashi just put him in his place. Yep. This is probably the one of the ultimate examples of veteran young lion versus two grumpy, two grumpy people <laughs> in that yep. match. Superstar Sully says another word in his post that I can't say on radio, but <laughs> but. Yeah. Um. Um. It's just like that. Where it to end? That was nasty. It was. It did. It definitely was. And this was in 2012 too. Mm-hmm. Just as Okada was getting started with his run, and 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 it. it it's just incredible to me that. These legends still kick so much ass. They definitely do. Yeah, I I just freaking love pro wrestling like this, where it's telling an obvious story, but it's telling an obvious story well. Obvious because you know what's you probably know what's gonna happen, but it's captivating enough to keep you interested. I'm I'm I I'm with you on that one. Yeah, um, yeah, so, so, Fear to Akiyama, I, I just love the finishing sequence where the kid goes wild and then, boom, the lariat. Yeah, I, I love that. <laughs> and then Akiyama hit the spinning back chop, and then Kobachi hit the spinning back chop. He got, I love how, I love how Keith Amiya got too cocky and tried a burning lariat and mm-hmm. Kobach sold it. Like, you're not doing that to me. Yep. I, I, I just think... That was, that was a very nice way to do that. Yes, that absolutely yes. was. Yeah. I just think... I just think overall this match is very good. I just think it's incredible. I gave this four and a half stars. Uh, I will go. Yeah, I'll go four and a half on both of the uh, matches in Japan. I thought both matches were, were well done. Uh, I was I was invested in them from start to finish pretty much. Uh, I really enjoyed the the pacing and the flows of, of both of them. So yeah, I'll go four and a half on both of the. Uh, Japanese matches. Yeah, yeah, I go four and a half, maybe four and three quarters on Akiyama Misawa. I can see that. Four and three quarters. I mean. Yeah, I was just saying. I, I, I can see why you go that route. Um, but these are excellent matches. These yeah. are excellent matches, and next week we have some excellent stuff. We have a Bockwinkle versus Kurt Henning match from 87. Okay. 
We have Bob Backlund versus Greg Valentine from WWF 432384. Mm-hmm. We have some battle arts. Daisuke Ikeda versus Alexander Otsuka from Battle Arts 11597. Okay. And Mayumi Ozaki, Kudi Suzuki, Candy Otsuku, and Soryo Toyomoya versus Dynamite Kanzai, Double Masami, Hikari. Fukuoka and and Hiromi Yagi. Four on four, one count match from JWP. Okay, that's um that's match screams chaos. I mean, that, that screams so much, so much stuff happening in the match. So that's probably like a sensory overload in terms of wrestling. Yes. So I I I suggest just watching these matches separately and then and that because. I think all four of these matches are so different. That's what I love about randomizing everything. It's so different. That was a good idea. I, th- I think randomizing everything so it's it's you get entirely different looks and entirely different and different styles, different stages, different promotions. I think that that was a good idea. Yes. So, and that's the point of doing this is just to really, really get to watch some great stuff. That'll work. Now, you wanted to talk about something that literally just happened uh, a couple of days ago. Yes. TakeOver 31, uh, the, the main event, which we all knew was going to be good once it was versus Finn Balor for the NXT Championship. And it exceeded expectations, I think, for, for both of us. I think this is a four-and-a-half-star match, match of the year contender for me. This was if, if if um it's in my top five right now. This was really good. Twenty twenty wrestling hasn't been great, but this this match was. Um, yeah, 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 right. This, this year hasn't had the standouts, but it hasn't had too many standouts. But this one definitely does. Uh, you have the two domain events. You have Will Hiromu. You have a couple stuff from the G one. You have a couple stuff from AEW, but. But really, you have, you have Bait, I think you have Baton and Jordan Devlin in uh, in January. But other than that, yeah, not not too much else. I don't think anyone's going to vote for that match after. Probably not because of what what de- yeah what, what what's happened since, uh, unfortunately, which which, which kind of kills the the buzz that the match should have created. But yeah, I, I understand why people would be like, yeah, let's not do that one. I understand that. This but this match was, and and we knew because you kind of got the the the. Technical brawler style of Balor versus the technician style of O'Reilly, and it just meshed. It just it just clicked, and it instantly connected, and it instantly fit. Well, yes, O'Reilly can brawl, but, but he's much more of the tech style. And yes, Finn Finn can tech, but he's much more of the brawl. I think this match would have been elevated by a fourth style crowd. This match. Yes. Awesome. Yes, this match, this match really got a whole lot more, I think, yeah, a whole lot more energy and juice to it. Not that didn't, then not that they didn't have it, but this would have got a whole lot more uh, energy and juice. Yes, you're right, with a full crowd. Uh, but I think that's one thing that makes this match really good is that the fact that these two really don't necessarily need full crowds to put on classics, because these two are so used to wrestling in like bingo halls or like in front of like 200 people or whatever 
Like these two are these two can put on a, a really good match for the sake of putting on a really good match. I mean, right. These are two guys who really don't need a crowd to, to, to go and put on a four star or four right. and a half star like this match is. So this was perfect. I think this would have been fine no matter what. But you're right. I think this would have got a whole lot more buzz had this been in front of a crowd. Definitely. Yeah. So. So plugged. Uh, Twitter.com slash Beast Mike is where you can find me. I've obviously been uh, been, been tweeting about a bunch of stuff that's going on lately when it comes to the baseball, the Yankees getting it done, the Astros as well uh, getting it done yesterday. We saw Governor Wolf uh, put out that uh, crowds can be back in Pennsylvania sports uh, up to 7,500 people or, or 15% of the particular building. Uh, Philadelphia is going to have to rule differently. I don't know if uh, Mayor Kenny came out with anything different, so you've had to beat the next Eagles game. And Pittsburgh's mayor, whoever he or she may be, uh, with the next with the Steelers Eagles game, ironically coming up on Sunday, so good timing there. But um, Twitter.com says Beast Mike's where you can find me, and I'll obviously be talking about a bunch of stuff, usually in the world of sports. And you can follow me, DJ D Kooks, on Twitter, where I basically retweet. I basically retweeted a bunch of people at lately because I'm just so mad at the world. I think everyone's mad at the world right now, but especially yeah, especially after what our president just pulled. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, Trump Trump gets COVID and then basically acts like it's no big deal. It still acts like it's no big deal. This dude is stubborn. It acts like it's no big deal. And then now he's he's back for Walter Reed and it's like whatever, go on. Let, 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 don't let that's he's basically asking for those numbers to go up. In terms of the the positive count and the death count, this is this is this can't. And not that it's already ended well, because it obviously hasn't. But this is, yeah, yeah. He really did downplay the severity. This dude is stubborn. Yeah. My goodness, this dude is stubborn, and and it's worse because people are believing the stubbornness and agreeing with the stubbornness. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it is. Leave about. But enough about politics for today. Yep. 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 Thank you for listening. It's just, it, it warms my heart that you all listen. Thank you. Have a good day.